Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast. This is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episode 180 from July the 8th, 1995. And this is Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today I am once again sitting here with Doc Turner and not Hard Body Hopper. If you missed the beginning of last week's episode, we explained why Hopper uh, may not be able to join us for the rest of Smoky Mountain. Um, he'll be the NWA show, as far as we know, but due to a shoot job. Uh, he is not with us. So, Doc, what's going on, man? We just did an episode, so how are you? I'm feeling energized and refreshed about all the great wrestling that we're going to talk about um, today in terms of the calendar day to spew out all this fantastic content for the for the people. Um, man, we're, we're blessed. We've been at the shoot job all week. It's been a full-on shoot for both of us and now we're here we made it to the end of the week so that we could talk about the things that we want to talk about which is classic wrestling right what a freaking week bro bro these people are trying to kill us man it's like everybody got together and hatched a plot to do us in and i don't like it maybe we should roll down to the shoot job just here's maybe what everybody ought to do on monday this comes out on Sunday, so if you listen on Sunday night, roll in tomorrow morning and just punch the shit out of somebody at work. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. But, you know, what? let me tell you something. I told you many years ago that when everything was a work and wrestling kind of ruins you, and which it does. You know, if you remember, I, I said that loud and clear. And the problem with wrestling is... It exposes you to what a spot monkey and spot monkey tactics are. Therefore, when that crap pops off at the shoot jobs for everyone, not just us, but our listeners, it's it makes it worse at the shoot job because now you you've uncovered all these spot monkey activities that these idiots like to do and put extra work on you and it just ruins it. It ruins, it makes work even harder. Agree or disagree? I agree. I mean, I you know, once you're quote unquote woke at the <laughs> shoot job to the ways of, you know, the once the wrestling has taught you that everything's at work and pin me, it makes pin me, pay me a little bit easier on sometimes and it makes it a little bit harder on others. Right. But you're, but you're correctly assessing the territory and it's like, Bro, this motherfucker over here is just going to try to make more work for me while they're they're trying to get over at my expense, you know? Yeah, you bro. Start, when you start putting it in those terms about where you are on the card and and who's trying to get your spot on the card for reasons that are selfish, man, it, it, it exposes some things and it really it really changes how you look at your job. And I'm telling you, if you're down at the Sonic delivering slushies, or you're in the boardroom, or you're down like Blassie at the damn hospital clinic or his doctor's office, this shit's going on. There's a pecking order, 
and there's there's the main event and there's the opening match at every at every shoot job and people are trying to do their shit around it and people like us are like man can i come in work hard do my job and go the fuck home and all that other shit that you want to do y'all do it <laughs> but leave me the fuck out of it amen <laughs> I'm trying right. to sit here at my desk, do my job, avoid having to attend meetings, and I am with instant message with Mike and listen to wrestling podcast and do my work. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. With that said, uh, you summarize it well. How about we get into this thing? Well, yeah, no more opens, so let's just go ahead and hit the ring, I guess. Uh all right. Shout out to disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry for your generous patronage. And as I thank them, I want to remind everyone, again, it's July the 8th of 1995. And this is taping number four from Sevierville, Tennessee at Caton Chapel's, Caton's Chapel Elementary School. We should be in a new venue next week, I believe. I can't remember. I watched these a couple weeks ago. Anyway, with that said, we'll get into this thing. Uh, Les Thatcher and Chip Kessler, they open up the show. Kessler opens the show and throws us straight to Summer Blast 1985, where we have Brad Armstrong in the ring battling Buddy Landell from Barberville, Kentucky, for the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight title. Uh, Doc, I, I've got, I, I guess you could say I got a lot of notes. Um, I kind of, I kind for me, I do, you know. Here's, I'll kind of start you here and see what's up. Um, we have the match, and they're going back and forth. Look at this neck breaker, but he didn't take it all that well, huh? No, he didn't take the fat. He, he didn't take the back bump good. He kind of rolled back instead of just flying back and taking. Wait, who's that at ringside? Kenny Bolin, or aka Kenny, Kenny Rising. Yeah, Kenny Rising. Um, you know, I looked at Buddy here. Buddy looks like he's put on some pounds lately. Um, and. Wouldn't you know who won a pony, but but in a second, after B.A. gets pinned, here comes Tracy to interfere again. Jesus Christ. How many times has Tracy's mother's come out and interfered in matches? Well, he was, he was told to do that, so I wouldn't blame him. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm talking about it from a storyline perspective. Not yeah. that Tracy's back there like, oh, shucks, Jim, I got to get out there and stop that shit. So what happens here, what Doc is talking about, Armstrong hits Buddy with the Russian leg sweep and was about to pin him, but uh, Cornette rang the bell to stop the count. So the ref turns around and he's checking with the timekeeper like, what the hell happened? Why the bell rang? Um, Buddy is handed a gimmick, a chain or something, and then Buddy hits Armstrong with the gimmick while Mark Curtis's back is turned. Armstrong goes down, Buddy knocks out Brad with the gimmick, and he pins him. So then... I don't know what the hell happened. They, I guess the t they check with the timekeeper who's bowling or Kenny rising. And um, Tracy, like you said, is out there explaining what happened. They decide to restart the match. Now Brad wins. He pins buddy this time with the Russian leg sweep because buddy's distracted. Cause he's trying to say, no, 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 don't restart it. But does he win? Because then we're going to go to the back for a promo to help clarify this thing. So as of right now, Brad Armstrong is the smoky mountain champion, but I think we need to go to the promo to get some clarifying information in on what the hell just went down here. Would you agree, Doc? I, I think I would. Okay, so let's now go to the back where, um, yeah, let's let's go here from the timekeeper first, which is kind of funny at that. Uh, here it is. 
And Cornette got punched. He fell into me, took the hammer, rung the bell. It wasn't my fault. The referee was coming to me saying, you know, did you ring the bell? I didn't ring the bell. Cornette rang the bell. I didn't ring it. They kept starting the match. I kept ringing the bell as I was told by the referee. And someone else kept winning three, four times. I don't know. All I know is it wasn't my fault. The bell rang just as I was getting ready to count three on Buddy Landell. I went over and I asked the timekeeper what was going on. He told me that Cornette rang the bell. So that didn't mean that the match was over, so I told him to start the match again. Bell rang, I turned around, Brad was down, but he was on top, I counted one, two, three. I thought that was it. Then Tracy came down and told me that Buddy Landell used a pair of brass knuckles. Well, that's not fair either. So I started the match again, rang the bell, turn around, Buddy goes, what the heck? Brad hit the Russian leg sweep, one, two, three. At that point, counted three, but I didn't really know really what the hell was going on. Hey, I heard the bell ring, I came out, I saw the referee talking to the timekeeper, then Unibom came out and everything got real crazy. He gave Landell some knucks or something. Next thing I knew, he's done knock Brad out. I went out and I told the referee and he started the match over and I don't know what happened before that. Everybody's saying I rang that bell on purpose and Brad Armstrong tried to kill me, knocked me to the timekeeper and he's the one that rang the bell, that idiot timekeeper. What I want to know is how can the referee justify a match being over, Buddy Landell pinning the man, get his hand raised, the bell ringing, and then starting the match again and having somebody else win and now Buddy, he's got our belt. I want my stinking belt, Armstrong. The veins in my neck are turning into goat heads. I'm ticked off. You got my property. You're a thief. I ought to call the police and have you arrested. I'm going to kick your stinking brains in soon. Oh, God. There it was. I had Landell beat. I heard the bell ring. I jumped up. There's Cornette pulling some kind of trick, ringing the bell early. I turned around. Landell knocked my, knocked my hat off. Counted one, two, three. I knew something was up. Landell can't hit me that hard with just his plain fist. Then I heard the referee say, let the match continue. The bell rang again. I swooped in. White Landell with a leg sweep. One, two, three. As far as I'm concerned, I'm the champion. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, brother. And Landell, if you want this belt, you're going to have to come and get it. I had a chance to review the tape of the match between my son, Brad Armstrong, and Buddy Landell and a bigger mess I've never seen. Each man looked like he had won the match a couple of times. The referee was confused, the, the timekeeper was confused. Everybody was confused. So I'm trying to be impartial as I can. So what I'm doing is declaring that the Smoky Mountain title as of now is vacated. And the only answer to solve this problem is that Summer Blast will give both these men, Brad Armstrong and Buddy Landell, a chance to win this title. The first one to win at Summer Blast, a pinfall or gain a submission will be the champion. However, since Buddy Landell was the last recognized champion in August, he still will have the Intercontinental title. He'll have a chance at that title unless Brad Armstrong beats him at Summer Blast and then Brad will assume that position. That's the only thing I know how to do. I hope it doesn't make anybody mad, but that's my decision. As of now, this title is vacated. Boy, Harper would blow a gasket right now, Doc, if he were watching this. Why? Because he doesn't like when something like this goes down because he says, well, then why not do it like that every time the heel cheats? Yeah, every time but... the heel cheats, let's, let's, let's start reversing decisions and hold up titles and let's, let's do that. And but I, I like the... Say, he, I, he's got a point to it. He's got a point, but I like the idea that, that Bob is presenting himself as such a straight arrow 
that even his son isn't above the letter of the law. Well, there's something to that too. So as I said, Harper would go off on it. I understand. Uh, and well, I, here's I, here's the thing. So I was one. I was wondering if if Bolin took time out of his Kroger scam to be able to be there and cut that promo. <laughs> um, why does Mark Curtis always believe Tracy? You're asking too many questions, pal. <laughs> Corny has all kinds of good points, and then I laughed when he hit the wall and it hurt his hand, because that's good stuff. I kept mm-hmm. waiting for Brad Armstrong to say something like, like a cloud. I don't know why. And then Bob was standing in front of lockers, and I have a weird like phobia about lockers. Uh, okay. Care to you ever why? like? Well, yeah, um... You ever Somebody have nightmares? put you in one or something? No, no, no. Come on, pal. Come okay. On. You ever have uh, like nightmares about a specific event? Like, okay, you're at the match. Even now, you're out of the business, but you're at the match and you forgot your gear. Or something mm, like that. I can't say that's ever happened to me. Okay. Well, I have a recurring nightmare that I have, even to this day, years and almost 30 years out of being out of high school, where I'm trying to get over from the school part over to the the gym my locker room for basketball practice and i get there and i can't remember my locker combination on my locker and practice is about to start and i can't even get changed because i can't remember my damn three di- my three numbered combination to get at my clothes so that i can get my get my get my shot on you know get my get my game on and it happens like I'd say a couple of times a month still. So I don't really like lockers all that much. You need help. <laughs> That's what you're dreaming about. Okay. No, 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 no. I would imagine that there's people out there. There's another one I have, although it's subsided over the years. Cause when I was in college, I waited tables and there's the one that, and I've heard other waiters have this too, where they just keep seating you more tables and more tables and you can't catch up and you're just in the weeds and you're freaking out. So I I understand that one. I bet you there's, well, you never know what your brain hits on. So I just think that there's going to be more people out there that understand what I'm talking about than you think. Okay. But all that to be said is we've got another schmoz at the top for the title. We've got to figure this thing out. And I trust Bob Armstrong now because he has actually uh, laid down the law with his son involved and taken the title away. And so now I think I trust him. And let's uh, let's remind everyone, Bob Armstrong said he vacates the belt because of it all. So basically, he, not he vacates it, but he, he's holding up the belt because of all of this that went down. And that's that. So the, no one is the holder of the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight title right now. And let's keep going. Uh, we did get a promo from the Headbangers. I don't have anything from it, Doc. Did you? Um, they said that they're coming to our arenas. Hmm. I've never thought of a high school gymnasium as an arena, but whatevs. Did they remind you at all of like a 1995 version of the New Breed? No. Okay. Not even close. Okay. I always liked the headbangers, and I'm saying that. I mean, in WWF, I liked them. 
Well, um, from a that's the irony of this. You know, like we're we're seeing them here at a different stage of their career than we'll see them. I mean, they become a really popular team in the WWF in just a few years. So, you know, that's right. It's funny that we talk about them here and their promos are really weird. I mean, they they got better. I mean, I'm not you know they got a lot better. Uh, that I mean, that's that's really the point that I, I should I probably should say that more. They got a lot better. Their promos here are just eh, but they do get a lot better. The next match is Larry Santo and D'Lo Brown versus the Thugs, Tracy Smothers and Dirty White Boy. My God, times have changed here. D'Lo went from one of the gangsters to now he's tagging with Larry Santo. Ooh. The Thugs win, and that was my only note. I'm going to say this. My only note was Hales on commentary doesn't really work for me. No, I don't like Randy on commentary. Like I said, I like him in the little role he had in, in talking shit to Mark Curtis. I think that's good. But other than that, and yeah, no. Anything else from the match, though? Not really. It was more. It was fairly decent, but, man, I was thinking the same thing about poor D'Lo. Do you have anything from the Thugs promo after the match? No, because here's my note on that. It really doesn't matter what they say as long as you get the tagline at the end. Right. All the rest is filler. <laughs> they give That's you a right. lot of filler, and they tell you what T-H-U-G-S stands for. That's that's it. Yeah. All right, so let's keep going. Something else is going to happen with them coming up, so I, I, I'll i save what I have to say about that for later. We get the Super Bowl of Wrestling. We get another Super Bowl of Wrestling plug, and you know we're heading that way. No need to really talk about the matches and anything right now. We then get the Punisher, who is wrestling and he's going to defeat Mike Mason. He defeats him in under a minute. Doc, do you have anything from this? I don't. It was a squizosh, but um man, Buchanan with that top look, top rope leg drop is no joke. That's a big man coming down. Top rope leg drop by anyone is is impressive um when you consider what it does to your goddamn spine and hip. I think people really need to realize that. That is a hell of a move hell of a move but and, he, and he's a big guy delivering it oh my god he's huge man uh um, trying to i'm trying to get a little he's six seven he's billed as six seven two seventy five he's probably not six seven no he's probably closer to like six four six five but that's a lot of meat rolling downhill that's a lot of that's a big man flying across the ring dropping that leg. I, I give you I give you that. But to man, you. I want to hear about my old dead friend. Meow, meow. Okay, stop. Meow. So before we get to that, tell me about the pussy. We get a replay of poor Boo Bradley losing to Terry Gordy and getting beat down and his teddy bear ripped open. And then we go to a promo from Boo Bradley who's Grieving in the back by the lockers with his teddy bear. Here it is. You know something, people out there? All my fans, everybody here knows me. And every time I come to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and I find a friend, someone takes him away. First it was Boots the Cat, his only little kitten. And Chris Candido killed him in the middle of the ring. I got revenge on Chris. I made friends with Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack gave me my teddy bear. My teddy bear was Bobo. Well, Terry Gordy, you, not only did you beat me, but you hurt my little friend, who's no more. I tell you, Bob Armstrong told me 
about some guy who used to wrestle in Smoky Mountain before it was even Smoky Mountain in Knoxville. A big, strong guy like me who didn't have any friends. And I'm telling you, I'm going to find this guy. And maybe he'll be my friend. Maybe he'll help me fight the people that did this. Terry Gordy, I make a promise now that I'm going to do whatever I can to get at you, at Jim Cornette, and every one of the people that are involved with Jim Cornette. I'm going to rip the stuffings out of them, just like you did to my pet Bobo. Well, I'm sure the commission. All right, Doc, what do you have from Boo right there? Man, I popped when he brought up boots. <laughs> then, his, then his little stuffy got fucked up. Man. Dude, they murdered I, a cat. They murdered a cat. That was fantastic. I'm, I mean, they didn't actually murder a cat, but the insinuation that the cat was murdered was there. Chris Candido why, dropped why, a leg why, drop why, on the why, bag. Why, 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 why are we talking about this like it's real? <laughs> Keep going, but what did you have? Man, his stuff, he got fucked up. Every time he gets a friend, he loses it. I feel bad for Boo. He's a sympathetic sap, man. I do, too. I feel bad for and him. That, and see, before he had the haircut that was all shaved and weird and all that, now that he's grown his hair out, he looks like one of these fucking pathetic people. Oh, come on, bruh. You grow about? up. I didn't say he looks like Ryan Arwine or whatever. I just said he looks like some of the bottom feeders in the community. You're just an idiot. That's all it is to it. See? All right. We go to the next promo. It's Cornette, Budro, and Punisher. Uh, Cornette is promoting Summer Blast, uh, the rest of it. And then I didn't. I don't really have anything. Again, I don't have anything. I got, a couple, I, got, I got a couple of questions that don't have to do with anything with the promo, but that we can talk about regarding the promo. Corny is everywhere now. And so my question is, is it too much corny? Yep. Once again, we like we said last week, we can like somebody, but Oh, I think I think if Corny was being honest here and, and there's no reason to think he wouldn't, he would admit that too. But see, here's the thing, when you are the business owner and when you're losing when you're losing money and you're right. stressed and you're uh, uh driving to Connecticut and coming back here, you can't see the forest for the trees. But in hindsight, I, I would bet good money. He was like, yeah, this wasn't the optimal way to go. Right. To have me doing every single thing, every single time. Yeah. I I'm right there with you. I, th okay. I, I thank you. So too. I'm, I'm, I agree. Uh, the other note I had is that this, this army gimmick is making me miss the union gimmick. No, not me. The union was dumb. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then but, here's Go oh, ahead. Please. No, no, you I was gonna play Buddy's part, but go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, we'll play Buddy's part. Because right, my next comment is about the booed. Okay, here it is. Happen at Summer Blast, he will be again right next your boy. Let me explain something to you, Brad Armstrong. I've come too far to turn back now. I am the Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion. And what's more important, I'm gonna get that WWF Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship match. August the 4th. You see? Because I've got bigger fish to fry than you, boy. You slide in here on some peach wagon from Georgia thinking you're going to have some retribution on Jimmy Cornette and me. Let me explain to you something to you, son. I'm the premier athlete here, and I'm going to stay the premier athlete. I'm going to win my belt, and I'm going to beat 
whoever the WWF Intercontinental Champion is on August the 4th. And I'm going to hold two titles. I don't care if it's that stinking Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, Razor Ramon, whoever it is. I'm going to be the man because I'm the man that stirs the drink in professional wrestling. And don't you ever forget it. Let me just explain one thing with Terry Bam Bam Gordy, with The Punisher, with Tommy Wildfire Rich, with Al Snow and Unabom and the Nature Boy, Buddy Landell. I've built the strongest militia that's ever been assembled in professional wrestling. And Brad Armstrong, Bob Armstrong, all the rest of you, all you're going to have to do is sit back and take a back seat because, hey, we do more before breakfast than most people do all day. <laughs> Corny when he salutes. Okay. Your thoughts on, ba on not Brad, on Budro. Can you imagine Buddy Landell and Marty Jannetty hanging out re socially mm. and recreationally? Back then? Well, not right now. Yeah. When? Well, but, well, Buddy would have a hard time making the party, but... Buddy's clean right now, though, so... Like, I'm talking... Gotta... Oh, I thought you meant today. No, I mean, like, in 95, Buddy's... What, good buddy, dude, according to Corn. Is he? Is he? That's what Corn. I'm. I'm only. Look, I wasn't around okay. him. I'm. I'm going off of the okay. word of Corny. I'm saying the addict's version of clean is not exactly what other people's version. You know. You know, it's funny how you gonna sit there and slander Budro right there, but then you gonna take I'm up not, for the, for the other not. snorter, uh, Tommy Wi-Fi Rich. I find I that I find that very, very, very well, hi hypocritical of you. You're gonna sit well, there and think, well the well the clean version of Buddy, but then you're gonna sit there and take up for the fucking snorter himself. Well, I wanna know why you go after the snorter himself but give Buddy a pass. Buddy never tried to punk me in front of the boys. <laughs> there you go. You got a personal issue because you haven't let it go. Well, um, I mean, look, don't even go there with me, because you can hold a fucking grudge like with the best what? of them, please. What? What have I ever held a grudge on? Oh, don't start! Don't start! Don't get me started. You can hold a grudge on stuff. Not with me. I'm not talking about with me. I'm just saying some of the stories you've told me. Oh, I'm just saying back in the day when those two were both fully engaged in the scene. Can you imagine Buddy and Janetti together? Look, I'm, I'm not. Marty Janetti. Marty Janetti tweeted in the past two years that he was attracted to his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't believe that's that dude's just a, a head case. I don't know if I believe anything. That that's what I'm saying. Back when he was younger and hitting a lick, and Buddy was getting the Peruvian and bank busting guts out. Can you imagine those two tag teaming the bar? Here's what you don't. But here's what you don't understand. You're you're singling out those two, man. Wrestlers in general during that time frame, you could if if there were ten of them lined up, grab eight of them. You you got the exact I'm same not, scenario. I I get that. I'm saying these two may be your superstars, first round draft choices. If we're gonna go for consumption and kicking it and causing problems and banging ass and smoking all the drugs and all of it. I think Tommy Rich is worse than these two, but that's just my opinion. Oh well. I'm sure you do, and and I'm I would I want to apologize to all the listeners because we can't have a full discussion anymore about <laughs> anything because it always has to come back to Tommy Rich. You everybody notice that for like years on this show he's like I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Fake Stan Lane is not me, man. It's it's Harper and and, and Doc. It's and, true. It is y'all. It is you now, especially. And now we get to a, a Fed with him in it, and you can't you can't handle it. 
because he's in the promotion and he's killing it. He's like literally killing Smoky Mountain. Okay. But but I'll stop. Can we go? Can we move along now? Well, Brad's talking to us, man. So Brad cuts this long, long uh. storytelling promo. But I, I, I want to say something about it because I, I think, I think we should summarize it and not play it. And here's why. I agree what? because it, my my note was, man, this is really good meat and potatoes. All shucks, kind of the in the same vein of what we've heard from Tracy before, but it has BA's sling on it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was good. I had another thought, but I was going to see if you wanted to, to to chime in without talking about Tommy Rich. So Brad is good here. He explains why he came to Smoky Mountain. He explains why he may not have gotten the push that he deserved in WCW and how he ended up in Smoky. And it just was real, all shucks, baby face. I really need to get behind this guy. Mm-hmm. And I thought from that perspective... Just the, he's pouring his soul out in a way. I thought he was just really solid as he explained mm-hmm. how he got here and why it didn't work in WCW. What did you have? Same thing. And I thought, you know, he was kind of shooting on WCW. You know, it was his dream. He thought it was his dream. I just wonder how many guys thought that too and had the same outcome as him. And, you know, it, I'm not going to. Sp- let me see how I want to say this. I bet you that you'll get somebody that says he's right about this on what I'm about to say. But when, from what I've read, you go to like the Kentucky, Tennessee, that Smoky Mountainish area. Those folks, and I'm generalizing here, but stay with me. They're generally distrustful of the quote unquote the man, big government, big corporations, because those have traditionally come in and fuck shit up around that area, you know, the Tennessee Valley Authority, that kind of thing. And so they're very um suspicious of outsiders. They're very suspicious of the big companies that are going to come in and try to, you know, take advantage of the rubes, if you will. And so I bet you that Brad's promo really resonated because he was talking about the big bad wrestling company that squashed his dream when now he's home and he's trying to make good and win that title. Yeah, I hate agreeing with you, but yeah. And I'm probably analyzing that far deeper than anybody else did, but I think people had subconscious psychological reactions to these promos that they didn't exactly wouldn't exactly could could articulate if you ask them but that shit was happening and then after that fuck the rest of this episode because the tape don't work yeah so i'm glad you said that i agree with um everything you said there about brad and i thought it was really solid and it was very good storytelling and very sympathetic and it made me want to get behind him and want to see him win and do well in smoky mountain so like Doc said, we go from that to the rest of this episode. The copy that is on YouTube is, and it's the only copy we have because the the WWE has not loaded this any more than like, like ten or twelve episodes that are up right now. We go to Brad Armstrong versus Killer Kyle, and again, the the, the quality of the tape is so bad it's really hard to see what's going on clarity wise. Uh, but you know, we're thankful for what we get. Brad wins with his finisher, but for us to analyze this in any way, shape, or form, um. I don't know if we're really going to do it. Doc, do you have anything more from it? Only if you'll go to 3510 and look at these uh look at the future here. 
3510. Let's see. Um, you're making fun of children again. That's <laughs> Come making, on, bro. What? There's the future. You think those, those two grown are, up now, dude? I uh, know they're probably going to want to drive over to Texas and try to whip your ass for that. They'll whip you, not me. Um, what other thoughts about Brad and Killer Kyle? Nothing. I wish, I kind of wished I could have seen this more of this because I'd have been interested. But uh, what else? We yeah, haven't I can't, talked. I can't make it happen. But Kyle's in the same boat as uh, D'Lo. Well, Kyle's been around forever too at this point. But the other thing I was going to say is you could tell this is taper number four from here because man, it is. They are the place is empty. The place is empty, pal. They've cleared out. They're 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 tired. They're ready to go home. Um, you got this one hillbilly right here. He's standing up yelling. I guess he just did a line and it excited him. But anyway, um, just did some meth or something. No, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Come on, people. Grow up. Anyway, uh, after after Brad defeats Killer Kyle, we get Bob Armstrong in a very quick promo. We get an update from him, and Bob tells us regarding the dynamic duo versus the Rock and Roll Express in that match set should be happening soon. If the Rock and Roll loses... The Rock and Roll will have to leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling. If the Rock and Roll wins, they win the title. So there's that. Again, the match that we should have coming up soon um, is the Dynamic Duo versus the Rock and Roll Express. And if the Rock and Roll lose, they have to leave Smoky Mountain. Doc, any thoughts on Bob Armstrong's promo? Just good. Good old Bob. Good old Bob. His tape quality is just poor. Um, And that's that. Okay. So then, uh, let's go to the last match. And this is actually how the show ends. And again, tape quality is still just, uh, it's terrible at this point. We get, it's supposed to be the Wolfman and Lee Thomas versus the dynamic duo. Um, so, but it's, but it, it ends up being um, a little something different. Out of nowhere, after Cornette says that his team will put the titles on the line, his team being the dynamic duo, the Rock and Roll slide into the ring, and now we have a title match for the Smoky Mountain Tag Straps. Doc, again, we're battling through tape quality here. Uh, what did you have from this, if anything? Nothing. Okay, well, let me just say, the Rock and Roll do win by DQ in a very uneventful match to close the show. I feel like Corny knew this taping was so long, he's like, let's give him a title match for the people who stayed, but it ends up being a DQ, the Rock and Roll win by DQ, and then that's that. Uh, we go off air, and then nothing else happens. I mean, just a kind of a popcorn fart, but I get it at the end of this show because we were four hours into it at this point. Yeah. So do we need to rate this thing now, or you got anything else to say before we do so? Uh, we got Tommy Rich making his in-ring debut next week. All right, so with that said, come on. Oh, we're going to go to disability checks now, but before we do so, I want to remind everyone, use our Amazon referral link at tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. That's tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. A great way to support this show without spending anything extra. Uh, give that link to the wives, girlfriends, hoes, side pieces in your life and tell them to use it every time they uh, use Amazon. Again, tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. Doesn't cost you anything extra to use that link. Disability checks, Doc, how many are you giving this one? And don't don't this... rate it based on the, the tape quality. No, no, no. I'm going to take that out of it. And, and, and no, keep in mind that there was a couple of good matches there. I'm going to say uh, an eight straight up. Okay, so an eight. An eight. All right. Um, I give this one a B plus, I guess, again. No, I give it a B, and that's that. Okay. So, 
And there we see it on the on-screen graphic. If you're watching on our Patreon feed, it says Tommy Wildfire Rich Debuts. Gee, can't wait. Uh, let's go to the Government Cheese Award, named by longtime listener Shard Johnson. Um, remember, uh, as I'm saying, we're going to do the Government Cheese. Don't forget to consider becoming a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Great way to support this show without spending, uh, by spending a little extra, but you get over 200-plus patron-exclusive episodes at that link. Government Cheese Award. I think I'm going to give know, it to Brad. Okay, so do you know that this constitutes not being 90% done with this? What do you mean? We're on episode 180, right? Oh, yeah, right. 90% of the way done. I just was doing a little math while you were running your flapping your gums. We're almost right. done, man. We're almost free of this these shackles. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I remember when we hey, got to episode we 20. Gonna do next? What promotion are we going to do next on the free feed, pal? I think I'm going to crank one off on Fridays when we normally do this. How's that sound? Okay. That's I the mean, promotion I'm going to do for myself. Do I, need to, do I have to come over and help, or can I stay at my No, house? no. We were talking about that on the NWA show for September 17th that we did a couple of days ago. <laughs> All right, oh boy, y'all were talking about cranking one off in the peep booth and sticking to the seat. Y'all are some nasty, some of my bitches. Me and Harper like to have fun. That's all. Okay. Um, we're just two good, young, uh, middle-aged uh, pillars of society. That's me and Harper. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Brad as well. Um, I thought that promo was really good. It wasn't. It was. It was meat and potatoes. It wasn't full of flips and dives from a promo perspective, but I thought it had a lot of depth to it. We mm -hmm. got to see him at the beginning as well. I'm going with Brad, man. Yeah, it was good. I, I got to give him a lot of credit there. That was a solid promo. Good stuff happening all the way around. All right, so that's just about, we're out of time just about now. Um, this was a quick one, but there wasn't a ton of promos in it, to be honest with you. Uh, so we got through it well, rather quickly. Well, so. here's the thing. I'm just going to tell you right now. If you thought this week was was relatively short, Next week may go long, so we'll make it. We're probably going to give this back to you next week. So uh, there's a there's a lot to talk about going on in next week's episode. I'm looking real forward to it. I'll let you say that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Before we get out of here, real quick, want to remind everyone: check out the wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. They do their thing every single Monday. Just search WPAN wherever you get your podcast from. They do classic and current stuff. And a little independent stuff from the area. Uh, they have Brian Fury on a lot of times. He runs the New England New England Pro Wrestling Academy, which is where Donovan Dijak was trained, Sasha Banks was trained. So uh, who else? Um, Tommaso Ciampa, all trained there. Good guys, though. Brian's on the show with them now a lot of times, so check them out. Again, they do classic and current stuff. Also, check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us, so please support them. And on that note, Doc, if you don't have anything else, hit the tagline and take us home. Well, let's book it, bitch.
before we get out of here, I want to give the patrons out there a special shout out. Thank you to all the patrons out there who make this show possible twice per week, each and every week, along with the patron content we that we post uh, uh, as much as we can for you all. So thank you very much for being patrons. We appreciate it. It's it means the world to us. And uh, I just want to say thank you. I always do at the end of the show. And um, here's another time. Thank you very much for your support. Also, I want to give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame patrons out there. Isaac Pendley at Hey, it's Isaac on Twitter. Eagle underscore one. Kangol Fett. Lee Russell. MDQ for life. George Davis. Kevin Carter. Michael Angel. Bob Richards. Rocky Suezo. Christopher Champer. Will Harkey. Robbie Dyson. Rick Beebe. Brad Dunyfin. Tom Schlegel. Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase, Steve Malbasa, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott, who's at G.A. Russell Nutt on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller, a.k.a. at Half Pints Point, my boy Marlon. Keep cutting those promos, kid. Everybody on the Facebook group loves when I say that, I guess. Uh, Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, The Great John Dean at YRC21 on Twitter, Josh Dunn, at Ryan and Auburn, good old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Arecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Chris Myers, Gerald Green III, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Prue, Will Parker, Classy Alex, David DeVries, S.V. Padgham, Bill Sasa, Big Rich, Allen at Spy Boy Sports Cap on Twitter, Ari Miller 39, Jay Shiny 21, Ruben Espinoza, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Coleman822, Marty Howell, T Hog94, and God Bold Unreal. Thanks for being Hall of Fame Patreon members. And remember, to become a patron, go to tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. It is a great way to support this show and get tons of extra content. We've got over 200 patron-exclusive shows up on our Patreon feed at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. We've got the world-class shows, Mike Pru and JV do an ECW show every two weeks. The world-class shows are every two weeks. we got the Clash of the Champions. We've done three of them to date. We've done two Jim Crockett Promotions pay-per-views to date. So there you have it. Tons of additional content. Along with our pre-shows, a lot of times we didn't do it. We, we, we don't do it every... I don't want to say we didn't do it this week, but we don't do a pre-show every single week. But oftentimes, Doc, Harper, or any combination of us will do a pre-show before cutting the main show. So there you have it. We like to do those, and we do the pre-shows. And those are also available only for Patreon members. So please consider joining. If nothing else, think about it like this. For four straight years now... Going on close to five, we've kicked out at least one show a week. And for the majority of that time, for about three and a half years now, we've kicked out two free shows per week. So when you become a patron, it helps support all the content that we've pushed out. So thank you very much if you're a patron. Uh, if not, thanks for considering. We appreciate that too. Uh, I think that's it. It's uh, about time to get out of here. So for myself, Hardbody Hopper and Doc Turner, who's not here, you know what Hopper always says when we get out of here. Book it, bitch.